0: Alright, well it's uh, another week of excellent sports coverage for us and we're back to bring you about an hour's worth of it. So welcome back to Dirty Mike and the Boys podcast. Um, looking forward to talking some some sports, some baseball, some football and you know going from there and seeing what we can get to. Um, I am your host Mike and got alongside me the uh, three guys uh, Colton, Devin and Eric. Um, and yeah, we're, we're back to talk sports this week. How, uh, how we doing guys any, anything good this week so far? Or just pretty normal week.
1: Oh, it's always good to have post baseball back, Mike.
2: Oh, doesn't that feel great? I watched some of it, uh, at the end of my day today and it was just so great to be able to watch people hit, hit balls. Yeah. <laughs> hit balls. Hit balls wood. <laughs> yeah as we can tell eric is
0: the uh baseball aficionado of the group (laughs) that's one word for it
3: (laughs) love me some baseball
0: even as a Cubs fan but that's besides the point okay um so yes as we kind of talked about uh playoffs are starting this week so uh changes this year um there's eight teams from both leagues uh, due to the shortened season. Um, there was even teams like the Brewers and the Astros that got in with uh, under 500 records, which is the first time in MLB, MLB history for it to happen. So, you know, anything can anything can happen in 2020. Um, so we got uh, top seeds for both leagues, uh, Dodgers in the NL and the surprising Rays in the AL. Um, so I'm going to shoot it over to Colton first. Um, thoughts for the favorites to make it to the championship series for both leagues and who's taking the world series.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with the NL. Um, the Dodgers are way too good, I think to not make it to the NLCS. So I think they'll cruise through Milwaukee, unfortunately for us. But um, I think they'll slam by Slam Diego um, in the next round. The Braves, I think without some of their pitching staff, they would have been originally my pick to make it that far. But I think I'm going to go with the Cubs to play the Dodgers in the NLCS um, with the Dodgers going to the World Series. I know it's a pretty homer. Um, AL, I think the Rays are pretty good, but I'm going to be a big homer here and take the Yankees. Shot. There it is. There it its uh, is. There it is. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to have the I'm Yankees be... play the A's in the ALCS. Um, I know the A's has lost today, actually. So that makes my prediction not so hot. So I, don't, I believe I'll come back. So I'll have the Yankees play the Dodgers. Um, I think the Yankees will take it in six. Because we all know I'm I'm not a homer at all.
0: God, you know, honestly, <laughs> if you could have just told us that you're a Yankees fan, we could have figured out you were going to pick him for the World Series. <laughs>
1: But the, the, I think whoever wins the Rays-Yankees series wins the whole series. I, I think I'll just leave it at that. I think that's my big take. Whoever wins that series will win the World Series.
0: I mean, they look like they're, even if they're not ranked that way, they look like they might be the two powerhouses of the AL. So I totally get that. Devin, Uh, your Cubs be able to to win the NL Central this year. Um, You got them going decently far, or are they going to drop early? <sighs>
3: Um, I think it's all dependent on the bullpen. That seems to be the biggest issue that uh, that they've run into this year, as well as the streaky offense. But um the last few games they've had, the offense has been looking pretty good. Um, so hopefully they can take that into their series with the Marlins. Uh, what i ha- who I have for the NL on the championship side, think I'm going to have to g- agree with Colton on the Dodgers making it um <clears> the <throat> San Diego San Diego is looking pretty good but I think I think their run comes to an end division series um and then on the other side of the bracket oh, it's, it's a tough one I think I think I'm gonna have to go with uh the Cubs if the bullpen's good if If it's there, if it's not, uh, probably the Braves, but I'm going to go with the Cubs being a Cubs fan, so. (laughs) my gosh, you guys are boring. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, and then on the AL side, uh, I think I agree with Colton there too, with the, I think it's going to be between the Rays and the Yankees on the, the first part of the bracket there. Um. I definitely... I think I'm going to go with the Rays there, though. I think they're going to make the ALCS. And then I think we're going to have a surprise on the other side of the bracket. I think I have the Sox making it to the ALCS, so that'll be interesting. Um, As far as World Series goes, I would love to see a Sox-Cubs World Series. I'm sure, you know, all of Chicago would like to see that as well. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think I think the Dodgers are going to make the series and then um I think the Rays are going to make it as well and I could see the Dodgers ended up winning it all
0: okay yeah I think it's Dodgers have just been so powerful this year even in the short season I mean their off season was obviously highlighted by Mookie Betts and uh yeah it's just it, they're going to be hard to stop, um, Eric. I know you so eloquently described how much you appreciate the sport of putting bat to ball. Um, what? Uh, wh- who are you? Who are you picking?
2: To be fair, I know more about baseball than I give myself credit for, but not the teams as much. So, uh, surprisingly, I did not know your guys' picks, and I am kind of aligned with quite a few of you. So. Uh, start NL. Uh, I got Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS. Uh, I agree with Colton. Dodgers are just a powerhouse, and I think they are. They're an October team. Uh, especially Turner is going to be the guy to watch there. And the Braves, they're a good team, but tit for tat. It's not as good as the Dodgers. And then the ALCS, I did go with the Yankees. Uh, uh Yankees. over there, <laughs> the Yankees and uh and then i went with the a's as well i'm a big fan of the a's this year i think the a's take that series in six and then it'll be dodgers a's world series with the dodgers coming out on top but the a's have got to get some of those young bats going for sure as a
0: general sports fan and that like also enjoys the sport of baseball um having a series that would include two teams from uh California would just not be not be great. I would uh <laughs> not not I, I, to put it nicely, I'm not really liking that. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, but I could definitely see it being a possibility as well. Quickly, I'm going to kind of align with a bunch of stuff that you guys have already said. Uh Dodgers Braves NL um I do see a little bit of an upset in the first round. I see the Cardinals beating the Padres in the wildcard round.
1: I can I can see that. That was the, the hardest wild card series for me to pick.
0: I think San Diego just they're they're on that wave of like, all right, we're here, what do we do now? And the Cardinals just have that experience where I think they can kind of make that make that little jump in the next round. But they don't go any farther than that. American League Rays, I think they're here to stay. Um I think they built the team that isn't just a regular season team. Um, and we're going to on a little bit of a limb here and actually have the twins meet them in the uh, championship series. I know they, they fell to, uh, the White Sox today. They almost got,
1: well, oh, they, they fell to the Astros today.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes. They fell to the Astros today. Excuse me. So they, uh, got a bit of an uphill battle, but I still think they can, they can pull it out. So I think it's, uh, Dodgers and twins actually in the series Ooh. and Dodgers take it in six. Okay. Hot pick. Like that. Okay. Yeah, changing up a little bit, so but LA seems to be reigning supreme in the uh the rankings for us. Um what didn't reign supreme was that Thursday night football game. Um the two teams that were playing were just gross on paper, the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Um and this upcoming week isn't much better. It's the, the Broncos and the uh the Jets. So um the Thursday night slate's not great, but the results showed up. Pretty nicely. So, uh, we're going to kind of jump into some game recaps right now. So, we're going to
4: start with some Thursday night football.
0: Kind of a general takeaway from that game. um, So, the Dolphins actually came out and really kind of gave it to the Jags. Um, It turned into a pretty competent and competitive game uh, between two chronically underachieving franchises, which Everybody was able to see on national TV, which is not always great, but hey, at least they have a national TV game. Fantasy stud from that game, um, Jerome or uh, Robinson for the um, James Robinson for the the Jags. Um, ever since they got rid of Fournette, uh, the undrafted rookie has kind of been slotted in as the the top guy. He, uh, you know, 19 total touches, uh, over 100 yards, two tutties on the ground. He scored all the points for uh, the Jags in a losing effort. Um, and It looks like a pretty solid RB2 moving forward. They got the Bengals next week, um, and I think he, he continues uh, some fantasy relevance for at least his next week and for a while after that, too. Um, Gaskin for the Dolphins was pretty good, too. Um, 27 touches, Uh, Jordan Howard kind of stole some goal line stuff from him, but again, Dolphins are kind of a hard team to peg in terms of offensive output, but Gasset seems to have a pretty solid role down there. Um, On the other side of the coin, the fantasy dud from this game was the Jags wide receivers as a whole. DJ Chark is the guy there, he was out this game, and the trio of Chris Conley, Keelan Cole, and LaVista Chenault, the Colorado rookie. 12 catches is fine, 110 yards between the three of them. Okay, sure. But Minshew threw the ball 42 times, and for them to only connect on 12 passes, especially with Byron Jones on that Miami secondary, was just not good. And that was obviously why they were behind for so much, just because they just couldn't connect. Minshew didn't have the type of game that he normally does, and uh team just did not look like he was on the same page. So... Thursday night game to start week was better than expected, but still not great. So we're going to shoot it over to uh, Colton, then, for his first game that he's going to take a look at.
1: Yeah, I had the one of the more, I guess, competitive noon games from the week. So that was the Titans at the Vikings. Um, the Titans won um, on a field goal 31-30 over the Vikings. Man, Gostowski looked way better this week than the beginning of the season. I think he went 6-for-6 six six that game, including the game winner. So, good pickup for the Titans. Big takeaway, their defense did not look good. It didn't look anything like that team that we saw play the Ravens in the playoffs last year. So, that was pretty pretty disappointing to see. I think if they picked that around, um will be a pretty good long-term postseason team. Fantasy Studs, Derek Henry finally saw the end zone in this game, twice. I think Ryan Tannehill actually had two deep passes that got all the way down to the one. So his fantasy day got kind of ruined by that. Justin Jefferson was the big takeaway on the other side. He kind of broke out in this game. If there wasn't for COVID, I would say he's probably your main pickup wide receiver this week. Would you guys agree?
0: For sure. I think he definitely and he, he definitely. was definitely not picked up a
2: lot across leagues too, so he's definitely out there.
1: I yeah, think absolutely.
2: just the talent. The talent is what you got to buy there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, especially if you're in like a Dynasty League or something like that, um, he'd be great. So, I guess Fantasy Dud, Ryan Tannehill, I kind of touched on him a little bit earlier. 321 yards, interception, and no touchdowns. The previous week he had four touchdowns, so hard to replicate that every week. But having no touchdowns against that Vikings secondary, which has been pretty bad. So far, what's disappointing? Um, I guess, Devin, what do you think about your other NFC North team?
3: Oh, boy, what a day. What a day? <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of had faith in Mitch. Well, Matt Nagy had other plans. Uh, what we saw in the third quarter, I, th- I think it was the third quarter, um, Foles coming in after that uh, That I mean, that interception was just terrible. That game was a roller coaster, to say the least. Um, when it comes to uh, fantasy stuff, though, I would have to say that uh, my stud of the day was Allen Robinson. Um, he had a ton of targets. Uh, actually, had a touchdown uh, and a few big plays. What definitely helped was uh, Foles coming in at quarterback at there late in the game when they were down. Obviously being down quarterback has to, you know, gets a few more opportunities to throw the ball, a few more opportunities for targets and stuff. My other big uh, key that I noticed throughout the game was uh, the Bears tight ends, Jimmy Graham had put up, I think, 30 points in fantasy. So definitely look for uh, tight ends to be uh, targeted a little bit more in that offense, uh, especially slot receivers. Anthony Miller came uh, came in pretty big as of late, especially with that game-winning touchdown. Uh, my fantasy dud was, would, I would say, would be Calvin Ridley had a strong start, but um, I think the Bears' secondary kind of wrapped him up. Matt Ryan just couldn't seem to find him late in the game. Any other takeaways from you guys?
0: All right, uh, so I think the fact that you picked Ridley as your dud just shows how offensively you know geared that game was I mean he put he, with Julio out he still put up a ton of work and yet you know that's he he did well Um uh, but yeah he, he definitely kind of mm-hmm. fell to the side as the game went on which is not what you needed I mean yeah five for 110 was good but definitely wasn't
2: there down the stretch for that team I'd agree yeah, he you got to be really careful. I mean, if they're going to be in these high-passing games, which it looks like they will, then he's going to be a solid option. But he's getting a lot of these yards and points off of deep passes, so just watch out.
3: But uh, definitely look for the Falcons to be doing some changes in the next few weeks if this, this continues to happen.
4: Dan Quinn. Bye bye, baby.
3: I'll go ahead and pass it on to um I think we have Eric up, up next with the Rams and Bills.
2: Yeah, that's a good right. Game. Uh yes, this was a fantastic game. Um I mean the 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 takeaways here, the Bills got off to such a such a strong start, uh 21 to 3 at the half and then the rams just turned on the ignition and just ran all over in the second half but uh my main takeaway and this is a continuation from last week Josh Allen is a god I love this guy so much I loved him last year before he actually did what he's doing now and I mean just the if you just look at the throws he's making he is putting in just dimes, these touch passes and strong throws, and then, uh, you know, just really getting involved elsewhere. I mean, he only had uh, eight yards of rushing this game. This is all through the air, which is not what people really think of him usually. So uh, he's just such a stud. He's my fantasy stud, too. I mean, if I'd go and trade for him, I would, I would, uh, if he happens to be on the bench, just go pick him up uh, before it's too late.
1: What Eric, if you were going to trade for him, what what do you think would be a fair value for him? Like, what what do you if like if you own Josh Allen, what would you need in return to give him up? If
2: I own Josh Allen, I probably took him. What did he go? He probably went ninth round. I would say I would oh, that's need. Safe. That's safe. Yeah, and his value now is, is I mean is much, much higher than that. So depending on team needs, I'd say you you would have to sell uh like an RB two and uh a wide receiver two. Something like that. Like uh off the top of my head, maybe like a, a DJ Chark and a uh Joe Mixon. I feel like uh that would be uh, like I would probably take that as the Josh Allen owner because there's there's gonna be other QBs that you can stream, so James Connor Will Fuller. Uh is, I feel like this is an attack. Uh <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Uh Will Fuller is uh is will empty. Ooh. Very empty. Um and my my dud here. It's actually a surprising one. Tyler Higbee, um, especially with the passing game that uh, Josh Allen had. I know I'm not talking about the Rams as much, but, oh wait, no, he is a Ram, huh? Um, so Tyler Higbee uh, just wasn't as heavily involved, and I think you'll just have those games uh, from him. Uh, only two targets this game, but don't push the panic button yet. All right, Mike, what do you got? Kind of hard to put up three touchdowns in multiple weeks,
0: huh? Like you did last week? Uh, th- that would be correct. <laughs> the Washington-Cleveland game. Again, not great on paper. Turned out to be pretty competitive. Um, Browns took that one by two scores. Which was which was interesting. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot closer of a game um but steer clear of all of those Browns fans because it when they get above 500 it becomes a very toxic room to be in with them so steer clear <laughs> Fantasy stud of the game for this was uh Nick Chubb on the ground for the Browns uh 19 carries 108 yards two touchdowns uh only had one catch for 2 yards so obviously that was kind of more Kareem Hunt's role um through the air Hunt actually got 18 total touches, um, but that fits really well into uh, Stefanski's plan for that two-running-back kind of uh, outlook for the team. They're against Dallas next week, so both of them are definitely fantasy options. Um, fantasy dud for me was just, as a whole, the Washington um, rushing attack. Antonio Gibson the Memphis rookie, was talked up so much in the offseason. Um, and yeah, he got the most carries in the backfield. He got nine, and then he got 49 yards and a touchdown. But J.D. McKissick got five, Peyton Barber had three, and then Haskins took a couple carries as well as uh, McLaurin and a couple of receivers. He's just not getting the kind of touches that you would expect um, out of somebody who is the clear-cut best running back in that backfield. Obviously, he's still a rookie, so that kind of makes it tough to give him the bell call row right away. And plus, that offense really doesn't um, pride itself on being a a run-heavy offense. It's kind of a a tweener, I would say. Um, But Gibson's kind of just not been been a very strong um, presence so far. So hopefully, Washington kind of figures out that he is that piece that they should kind of focus on moving forward. Um, Sticking in the NFC East, uh, Colton, your Giants looked beautiful this weekend.
1: <sighs> oh poor moment guy. of silence. Moment of silence for Daniel Jones, who will have to face Aaron Donald <laughs> next week. Oh, that he's gotta be having nightmares right now.
2: <sighs> <laughs> what the a New- poor, poor man.
1: <laughs> the New York Giants lost to the 49ers JV team, thirty six to nine over the weekend. It was painful, absolutely painful. Dave Gettleman needs to leave now. Sooner rather than later. Please. Please. I know the Jets came out and talked about how they're going to get rid of Gase. If he's gone, they should be the same thing for this. Um, Stud, Jeff Wilson Jr., he found the end zone twice. And I believe the other 49ers running back actually got injured again over the weekend. So he should be in for a big game against the Eagles next week. Um he got some passing game work as well. So he should be the guy. The dud of the week, other than the entire Giants offense, specifically would have to be Evan Ingram. He dropped he dropped a pitch from Dalen Jones. It, it could have been a better pitch for sure, but hit him right in the hands. You should catch that. Only three receptions. Has up on the end zone all year. If you have him, I wouldn't necessarily drop him, but maybe try to get a trade offer a bench piece somewhere else. Um some I'm sure someone will take them, find a believer in them. That that's all I can say. The Giants are terrible. 49ers are gonna get healthy next week and should roll through the Eagles. They're pretty bad as well. Um yeah so I guess on to on to Devin.
3: Alright uh the Patriots and the Raiders. Boy was I wrong with this pick for this week. <laughs> <laughs> so starting out It was looking pretty good. The Raiders' defense looked pretty solid for the most part. Um, I do want to note uh, Alec Ingold's hurdle. Boy, white men can jump, right?
1: Shout out to you, Dub.
3: (laughs) Uh, Besides that, um, it was all all Patriots that game. Uh, Kind of surprised to see uh, Newton not really do a whole lot. Um, However, Rex Burkhead really... Really came alive as well as Sony Michelle. Um, Burkhead was a huge fantasy fantasy stud. Uh, I think he had three overall t- uh, touchdowns on seven receptions, about ninety-eight all-purpose yards. So definitely a guy you wouldn't expect to break have a breakout game, but um, definitely a huge hit. Uh, and then my dud of the game. Has to be Darren Waller. Um, he's been battling some injuries. Uh, obviously, didn't see a lack of targets. I think a lot of that goes into how Bill Belichick probably game planned for him, uh, kind of forced the ball to go elsewhere in that offense. But yeah, is not a good pick. Not at all.
1: Um, do you guys think with J- you know James White has been out two weeks? Damien Harris has been rumored to come back. Like. Are you confident in starting any Patriots running backs next week? What do you guys think? No.
4: Hard to say.
1: I think if
0: anything, White's the only one who gets a fletched look, and I think that's it.
1: Sure, you got to give it a week, see what that looks is like. For sure.
3: Right. I would definitely expect uh, Edelman to maybe see a little bit more increase targets next week. I think... He wasn't targeted a whole lot this week, from what I could tell. But yeah, so
4: on to Eric.
2: This is a very interesting game. The Texans and Steelers. Steelers uh, edged this one out, uh, held Houston to scoreless in the fourth, and held on to win. Uh, or actually came back to win because they they fell behind heavy early um, and it was not looking too great for them uh and it was a little bit surprising and then they held on to win uh my biggest takeaways I think from this game uh were that the Steelers are great at home and they are always going to be great at home and uh things like getting a comeback win and uh and especially the way they did this was kind of a tougher game uh only a you know 28-21 so not like a like a massive huge shootout type of game like you might expect from these two offenses uh it, so the coaching i mean you you just have to remember for the steelers that uh mike tomlin is a wonderful coach and he's going to find ways to win whether it's james conner like this game and giving him the ball and uh and trusting james connor's vision or if it's a different running back or some other method it he's he's a great coach and he's gonna find ways to win uh my stud is uh actually not james connor even though he's he's kind of the one big shining spot in this game i uh, i'm gonna go with david johnson uh in this one and i laugh because i am I was a huge J- David Johnson truther uh, in the beginning of this year. And uh, 13 for 23 yards is just about the grossest thing. And he did have a touchdown that saved his fantasy week. But I think the thing to watch here is he is going to get uh, the passing work too. He had three targets this game. He's going to keep getting a small amount that will supplement him and keep him at a safe floor. Uh, And you got to remember that with David Johnson, he's he's going to be involved in this offense, especially without DeAndre Hopkins and the rest of the Texans Texans wide receivers. Yeah, right. And the Texans wide receivers now, I mean, I think the largest target share was like five or something. And it's just like it's awful. No one's hoarding all the targets. So they're going to be spreading the ball around. He's going to have a safe floor. And uh, I mourn that uh, Deontay Johnson, on the other side of the ball, for the Steelers, hurt himself, I think, in the head?
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he had a concussion. <laughs> they made it sound like he could play this week.
2: They did, but if he's got... I mean, it's something to just watch. I mean, it's... It's unfortunate because it happened fairly early in the game, and he he stunk for fantasy purposes this week when it seemed like he could really fly like an eagle.
1: And and his target share has been great.
2: His target share has been unbelievable. Like and and I believe in the talent there and and the coaching. So when he's healthy, when he comes back, that that would actually be a trade target for me. Uh, Deontay Johnson, go go try and find him. Go stash him. Uh, if he's going to miss a week or two, he's going to be a trade target.
1: Agreed. Especially now, that his value is going to be much lower than it was week two.
2: Yes, absolutely. 100%. Mike?
0: The Sunday night game was, on paper, going to be the second best game of the weekend behind the Monday night fantastic matchup between the Ravens and the Chiefs, which we will get to. But this Sunday night game almost turned out to be better than the Monday night game. Yes, I might be a little biased because I'm a Packers fan, but yeah, it was a great game. Um, Green Bay was just they they faced a couple tough to start the year, um, in the Vikings and the Lions, which made people, which I'm not going to point fingers at, um, in this group, Tough Koff Eric, um. that uh, weren't really believers in them after the first two weeks. And I get it. We've been down this road before. Green Bay has really kind of shown that they thought they were going to be a team, that they could be watched, and they just fell apart to easy teams that they shouldn't have to do that to. But they went into the Superdome, and they played their style of football for the entire game. Their defense kind of showed up, and... um. It was just, it turned out to be a fantastic game. Um, next week could be a trap game for them, though. Atlanta is struggling mightily. Um, last time they had their bats up against the wall um, and Dan Quinn's job was on the line. They won 6 of 8 to end the year and saved him for another year. Nothing's changed because Dan Quinn still shouldn't be the head coach there. Regardless, that's not the point. Um, fantasy of this game with the two top flight receivers and Michael Thomas and Devonta Adams out. Somebody had to step up. And thankfully for Green Bay, it was Alan Lazard. Um the undrafted player, six for one forty six and a touchdown. Uh he put a seventy two yard uh catch and run on the board. That man is tall, but he can he he has no flat speed. He got caught real easily on the back end. You could tell he was just absolutely gassed. But he showed up Big time Adams is looking like he might be back next week. Um, Falcons just put Darquez Dinard, um on the IR, so they're down another secondary guy. So Rogers could be putting up 400 plus yards and five tutties this week. So uh, yeah, I would look for I would look for a lot of those offensive weapons for fantasy for this week because the over under is at 58 at least right now. You slammed that over harder than you've probably slammed any game so far this year. Um, Fantasy dud from that game, um, not a ton bad. If we're just looking at the offensive side of the ball, um, we're going to look at the fact that the Saints pass catchers, outside of both Kamara and Emmanuel Sanders, didn't do anything. Um, Obviously, Kamara scooped up 13 receptions for 139 and two touchdowns. But, you know, Trayton Smith and Jarrett Cook really didn't do anything. Um, And, you know, that's kind of feeding into Drew Brees' downfall so far this year. He's using his short targets to um, his advantage, and they just weren't there for him. Um, So, yeah, it was – the Saints got a lot to work on. I think their matchup with the Lions this week is a perfect bounce-back opportunity to get them to um, 500 again. Uh, but Green Bay looked fantastic this week. Um, Colton, you are just covering a ton of the, I asked you, all of the NFC East matchups this week. So how'd you like the lone tie?
2: Can I ask you a question quick, though, Mike? How, uh, because I'm really curious and I've thought about it. How much of Lazard's success in that game and this year do you think chalks up to his talent? And how much chalks up to coaching, and the coaching in Green Bay?
0: Um, I think the third part of that puzzle is also going to be the game plan. Um, But I think Lafleur and Rodgers both have shown that they have a ton of confidence in Lazard. Um, They've wanted him there ever since uh, you know he signed there. Um, They've shown that he's a trusted part of the offense, and I just think he fits. I mean, he's he's the the vertical guy. He's not the speed guy, but he's the the tall, throw it up, and go get it guy, and I think um, he just has a really nice role in that offense, and he's showing his his skill set, you know, really, you know, early to start this year, and I think um, I think he's he's primed to put together a really good season. Yeah, cool. Um, Colton, uh, third NFC East matchup for you with the uh, the tie this week.
1: The tie, man. There should never be a tie in professional sports. Like, think about how many overtimes hockey has sometimes. Like, jeez. Football can at least, if you're going to at least do one overtime the way they do it, and then switch to like the college style, something. But professional sports should never end in a tie. Um, that's kind of just as my overview of the game. Carson Wentz looks terrified, which I guess I, I think anybody would pee behind that offensive line. He's got no weapons. Outside of Miles Sanders. I think Alison Jeffery's coming back for him. So he's gotta appreciate that. I think Dallas Goddard went down. So he was left. Well, I guess he is. He's got Zach too. But I kind of touched on it last week. Joe Burrow is great. 312 yards and two touchdowns this week. If you're in a deep league, I could say you probably target T. Higgins. I think he might be the up and coming guy. It looks like they moved on from John Ross. He was a healthy scratch this weekend. So T against might be a guy to target, especially with an aging A.J. Green, and they still don't seem to get it together, which is very disappointing for A.J. Green owners, such as myself. Um, Start of the week, Joe Mixon hasn't done anything for three weeks. It's been really disappointing. Hasn't found the end zone once. Tell me about it. It's tough. Um,
2: Oh, we were so high on him, too.
1: I think he's a great buy-low candidate right now. You can go out and get him for... Eric mentioned earlier, David Johnson might be someone you can target with that. Um, Just another lower-end RB2, lower-end wide, wide receiver 3. Um, Someone who's producing right now, but Mixon is getting the volume, though so he will be producing eventually. His schedule will get easier, which the Eagles do have a good front 7, so I think that was the main reason he struggled. Um But yeah, Devin. So, I guess,
3: what do you think about the Chargers- Panthers game? Oh wow, uh, that beginning of the game was was like a snooze fest, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about uh, a very lackluster, offensive-filled uh, first half. Uh, Carolina's defense, however, they were they were they were playing really well and uh the other thing I noticed too with McCaffrey being out Mike Davis did an excellent job uh filling in that position uh I I think I I think he got somewhere around uh 98 all-purpose yards correct me if I'm wrong other than that uh LA they almost won it uh Eckler oh my gosh he had a day uh 130 all-purpose yards and a touchdown so he he was he was my fantasy stud um other thing i wanted to mention to uh herbert had 330 yards but two costly turnovers um that's definitely definitely something rookie will have to iron out you know maybe over the next you know, the rest of the season, maybe going into next year. But I I see him as a, a really, really solid quarterback in the the near future. So definitely, definitely watch out for him.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I think he's great. Um, Especially with Keenan Allen, you guys think, where would you rank Keenan Allen? He got 19 targets last week. Like, where would you guys rank him in terms of wide receivers going if forward? If it doesn't break. If, yeah, right. If it stays with Justin Herbert.
0: Right, exactly. Um, I think, ooh, I think he's, Based on target share, bumping up his floor, I think he's at least the top twenty, top twenty-five receiver every week until there's a change in quarterback or the scheme becomes more balanced.
4: For sure. So,
2: so, uh, would you rather have Adam the rest of the season Adam Thielen or in? an offense with an emerging Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, who's still gonna produce, or Keenan Allen, who has gotten a lot more targets.
0: I ooh, I would take Thielen, and the only reason I say that is because Cook has the ability to show both on the ground and he obviously does. But Cousins and Thielen have a really good reputation. Um, I think Herbert's still working through some of that stuff, and you could tell that he also targeted um, Eckler a lot too. So, and there's going to be times when Allen gets the, the double coverage and you know Herbert's going to be SOL. So I think I think Thielen might be a safer option for right now, but it's not by much.
1: I I trust Thielen more. Um, I think I would definitely go with Thielen. I would say the argument for Allen was there going to be more of a pass first offense versus the Vikings want to run the ball with Coach. Sure.
3: Sure. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I'd go with Allen just because of that reason too as well, Colton. Um and then I I did want to highlight one last thing. Uh my, my dud of the game would be Robbie And Anderson, uh for Carolina. Uh he had a strong showing the first two games of the year, but um this game was definitely not one of his best so far. But it's I don't know with with McCaffrey being out, I, you would almost anticipate more more targets possibly with him, especially with uh, Bridgewater. You know he's got he's got a pretty good arm. Um, I mean that offense, uh, it's it's so so tough to say with McCaffrey being out how well how well they're gonna do the rest of the year. I think.
0: DJ Moore, too. I mean, you know, two catches is just not going to do it on a team that has at least eight to ten uh, receptions to give out with McCaffrey not being there.
3: Right. Anyways, I'll go ahead and pass it on to Eric.
2: That is me. Uh, the uh, the Buccaneers and the Broncos. Uh, this was not a. Close game, uh, except for when it was zero zero. Uh, the Buccaneers 28-10, and the Buccaneers honestly, uh, they looked good on both sides of the ball. I think that defense is very underrated. Uh, Though the front, the defensive front is uh, is really, I mean, they're they're spreading the field, but they're also pushing against the quarterback. Uh, and and getting pressures. I mean, yes, it is the Broncos, but uh, that whole defense—they look strong, and they look like not the type of team that's going to give up big plays. Um, and uh, and then the Bucks also uh, have a great. Uh, Passing sort of scheme going on where they're relying a lot on they're just giving the ball to their playmakers and saying go get the yards, lots of yards after the catch. Uh, however, with Godwin gone, it's going to make it a lot tougher to rely on those yards after the catch. Uh, they're putting him in positions the whole game to to pick up those yards. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, adapt. Looking like he's going to miss at least a few weeks. Uh, My stud, he didn't have a big game, but uh, I'm going with Noah Fant here. Uh, Noah Fant is going to be involved, especially if uh, Jeff Driscoll is not playing and they're on to their 3rd string quarterback. Uh, A tight end is always a safety net for any quarterback. Noah Fant is going to get his work. I, I really believe that. Agreed. Uh, my dud is, uh, Mike Evans, even though he had two touchdowns in this game, because it was all goal line work. It was all from the one, uh, between the twenties, he was non-existent. Uh, he did not catch a ball, uh, except for at the goal line. So, uh, he's, he's one to be, he's, he's very scary as we might say. Uh, and uh he's someone to really kind of i mean you could try I mean it's up to you whether you really believe in the talent, especially the the opportunity as well with
4: with Godwin going to miss a few weeks
0: uh Mike um so. Going back to a noon game, we didn't want to kind of group all the, the two best games of the week together, so I wanted to throw the the Green Bay-New Orleans game out early and then kind of end with the the Saints-Ravens game. Um, but I'm going to kind of dive into the, the gross factor that was the Jets and Colts game. Um, pretty much all you need to know about this game is that the Colts defense scored two touchdowns and the Jets as a team scored one. Um That pretty much sums it up right there. Darnold was atrocious. The Jets are just absolute ass this year. Um, Really is no other way to describe it. Um, They're pretty much just tanking for Trevor at this point, which I think brings up a really interesting question that I had for you guys. Um, Thoughts on the Jets tanking for Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, drafting him, and then also shipping... uh, Sam Darnold out to a team like the Steelers where he could sit for a year and take over when Big Ben leaves.
1: I think it makes a, a ton of sense. I don't think Darnold's got really a fair shake because the Jets are terrible. So he gets the city year behind Big Ben and then he gets Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Conner and whoever else they bring in in the next year or two. I think it's great. There's there's a, a lot
2: more wrong in that offense Though, I mean, that offensive line is just so, 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 so bad. And, uh, you know, there, I mean, whoever takes it over is still going to have the headaches. But, yes, Gase definitely is the first thing that needs to go. For sure. Um, I'm
0: really hoping, and I think the Jets fans are hoping, too, that they lose on Thursday against the Broncos. So that Gase is hopefully finally out of there. um, Because they would enjoy the sport of football a lot more. but, so, from this game, uh, stud, um no one really on offense stood out, even though the Colts put up thirty six. Um, you know, J- Jonathan Taylor had you know fifty odd yards on the ground, rushing touchdown. no no big performance from him or the receivers. Philip Rivers had a Phillip Riversy game, I suppose. Um so I just kind of go with the the Colts defense. Um Xavier Rhodes had um, pitch six, uh, two total picks. um so the former Vikings corner, you know. Seems like he found a pretty good home um, with the Colts. Uh, And then the Duds, just so we don't keep picking on the Jets, I'm going to go back to the Colts and say their receivers in general. Um, T.Y. Hilton's pretty much the only healthy guy that you know his name in that range right now. Um, Paris Campbell's on the IR. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. just underwent surgery on his leg after the game, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, So it's pretty much T.Y. Hilton. Um, like Zach Pascal and a couple other really low names are going to have to slide into at least the number two role. Um, I don't think any of them are going to be able to produce at a number two receiver rate, but they're going to have to be there regardless. Um, so Rivers lights his, you know, his, his dump off. So he's running backs, So Taylor Hines and Jordan Wilkins is going to be featured a bit. And uh big old Mo Alley Cox at tight end is a, a very intriguing, pick up off the wire if you're looking for a a high ceiling low floor kind of guy um he is no hunter henry like rivers had out with the chargers um but he's there um he seems to be the preferred target over jack doyle and uh yeah if you're looking if you need someone in a pinch he's he's not a not a terrible choice to to plug in for a week if you need somebody if there's an injury or a a bye week or something. So, um, Colton, probably your best game of the slate to cover right now with the final NFC East team. That Dallas-Seattle game was pretty good, huh?
1: Oh, it was, it was a great game if you're looking at fantasy football, but if you're looking at defenses, <laughs> maybe not so much. Um, Seattle's really letting Russ cook. Um, I had to play against him in fantasy football. But that was not great. Um, and I got to own up to one of our listeners who requested last week. Um, Shout-out to Parker Williams, who kicked my ass. Parker, my Fantasy brother! Football. Uh, follow him on Twitter, pjx 604 He's a real swell guy. I love PJ. pjx 604 But really, go for yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> great game. Um, Russell Wilson, five touchdowns. If you played against Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett Stack, I'm sorry. Um, I guess the only other really thing I want to touch on is that injury to Chris Carson. Super uncalled for by that tech by that uh Cowboys defensive lineman. Not cool. Um it sounds like he's only going to be fined in that suspended. So I think the NFL needs to do a better review um on that one. There's clearly intent behind it. Um but great, great game for fantasy wise. Um, yeah. Also great game. Was the one night game last night. Um didn't quite live up the hype, but Devin, what do you think?
4: Oh boy,
3: uh, it was all Chiefs, all Mahomes. Um, Baltimore could not get it going. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, I had him on fantasy, and I think I scored forty points. Like he, he was, he was the, the the stud of the game. But I tell you what, that that Chiefs offense, man, they are so good. um, my dud of the game, I have to say it, it's Lamar Jackson. Only 97 passing yards, and I, I know he had what was it, around 80, 80 yards in rushing. But gotta spread, gotta be able to spread the ball around, and you know, get the rest of your offense involved, man. I mean, lack of points, it will not, it will not help you beat the beat the Chiefs. But so far, the Lamar Jackson just just cannot beat the Chiefs. Learn that, uh, Eric. What you got for uh, the upset of the week? In my opinion,
2: oh, this was the upset of the week for sure. And uh, I, I have to take a victory lap because I called it. <clears throat> so uh, the Lions twenty six twenty three win over the Cardinals, uh, a rematch of their tie a few years back. If you remember that, uh, my main takeaway here is that. Matthew Stafford is so clutch, and he's he he might just be the most underrated quarterback in the league because he is so clutch down the stretch. Uh, he he leads that fourth quarter comeback so well. Uh, he had twenty-two for thirty-one, two hundred and seventy yards, and two touchdowns, no interceptions this game. So not one that is a stat line eye popper, but. I I think it's it's the leadership and his ability down the stretch that's just captivating when it comes to Matthew Stafford. Colton is a big Matt Stafford fan.
1: Love me some Matt Stafford.
2: Uh so uh my stud here is uh DeAndre Hopkins. He's just a great player. I mean, he's just like there's not much he can not like how how is he just always open and then it's just like oh okay i'll just give the ball to him because he's always open it's it's amazing uh and then my 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 stinker here is uh deandre swift uh swift was uh non-existent in this in this game he he had one receiving catch (laughs) however else you Receive a catch, Uh, and he's just—he's been disappointing. I don't know yet. Jury's still out on as to what his long-term impact is going to be. But it's clear that they trust Adrian Peterson right now, and I think that as long as Matt Patricia is around, it's going to be really, really hard to trust someone in that backfield. We've seen it over the past few years now, no matter who it is. So it's it's going to be very difficult to trust anyone there.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Matt Patricia was on the record after the game saying that the game script and the fact that they wanted to control the ball led to um, AP getting the the touches at the end. And I think Swift does have a really good outlook moving on because I don't see AP being there more than this year. And I don't think on Johnson feels comfortable being a A backup guy or a 1B with Swift so I think I think you're right though Eric I think if Patricia's there his ceiling is quite low but if they either get rid of Patricia and bring in an offensive guy or just move on from Patricia in general I think Swift looks a lot better
2: yeah even even so he's he's gonna get game scripted out he's there's gonna be games we just saw it uh, he where he's gonna be non-existent which is the
0: opposite of what you normally see because normally game script means you're losing and you have to throw, and that fits into his repertoire more than the Lions being in the lead trying to kill the clock and running the ball because we all know that the Lions don't lead a lot. Poor Lions. The fact that Swift got you know, pushed out of a game script because they were trying to control the clock just shows that that offense has a ways to go in terms of trying to figure out what they want to do for a plan.
4: Let's let's go through um, our.
0: Well, oh, actually, Eric's segment this week. If you want to lead into what uh, your kind of description of that is, this is it going to be a, an ongoing kind of weekly pick for each of us to highlight the uh, the lowlights of the week?
2: I suppose. Ah yes. So uh, this segment is called Gardner Mish I already messed it up. Gardner <laughs> Minshew's Potato Tree of the Week and this uh stems off of last episode if you have not listened you must go back and to listen to the other episode uh our potato tree of the week we each pick uh, one moment or player or thing that happened over the past week and that is the most potatoey thing that we can think of or just uh screams potato uh it can be uh something like a come on man moment like Uh, ESPN does, uh, very similar to Come On Man, but can also have twists and turns that just uh, make a facepalm. So I will kick it off this week with my pick, and it's from the Thursday Night Football game uh, between the Dolphins and the Jaguars, and I'm picking Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard, on one play, thought he had made a stop. And uh, goes to the uh, goes to the sideline trying to break up the ball. He does not. He still gets up and does like the safe symbol with his hands, or like the denied symbol uh, with with his arms. He's like, "Yeah, I made a stop," but the receiver had the ball. Like, you can't do that if you didn't actually make the stop. And then the very next play, he uh, makes his interception and uh, picks off the ball. On the next play, and that's just loaded with potato. (laughs) Colton, what do you
1: have? Big loaded potato. My (laughs) my potato of the week, DK Metcalf catches a bomb from Russell Wilson, and this doesn't decides he doesn't want to score a touchdown. I don't know, he just holds the ball really loose, gets punched through the end zone, they don't score, and it's a touchback for the Cowboys. What a freaking potato. Just hauling the ball and squirt the touchdown.
2: That's what you see in college, man. It's awful.
1: That's what you see in freaking Pee Wee. Little Timmy like, nope, not today. (laughs) Little Timmy. (laughs) Poor Timmy. Mike, what do you got?
0: Well, nobody likes to feel bad for a fan base, and especially the Philadelphia Eagles fan base, but... They earned themselves a nomination this week. So this is a two-parter, actually, because the Eagles fan base is just so, so deserving of it this week. Um, First off, they managed to—they didn't lose, so that's a step up from their beginning of the season so far. But they managed to tie a Bengals team that also hasn't won yet this year, and— they only got to overtime because Wentz ran in a ball with under a minute left and had died for the pylon to score. The fact that they were losing to the Bengals with under a minute left is not even the worst part of that game. The worst part of that game is when overtime hit, nobody could score, so it turned into a, just an absolute punt fest. And at the end, when they had the the chance to you know, go for a Hail Mary or something like that, Doug Peterson decides to send out the punt unit, punt the ball, and concede the tie. What coach, in their right mind, just lays down and decides to do that? I don't care what situation you're in. That's just terrible. You don't do that as a coach. And I don't know. I mean, if he's going to do that, he obviously it seems like the season is just kind of already over for that team. But the worst part of this week wasn't how they performed on the field. It's the fact that their savior, Nick Foles, decided to lead the comeback for the Bears that Devin so eloquently touched on before, right in front of the Eagles' eyes, showing them that hey, you know, this is what you could have had, but instead he decided to side with Wentz, which made sense at the time. Obviously, Wentz is the better QB, and Foles is you know older, and he's not the he's not the player, and blah blah blah, whatever you want to you know look at with those two, but it just wasn't wasn't a good week to to be an Eagles fan that's for sure never really is a good week to be an Eagles fan but this week especially wasn't a good week to be an Eagles fan
2: <laughs> that has got to sting oh my goodness devin you want to you want to round us out
3: all right so my potato of the week goes back to uh my first game that i covered which is the Atlanta Falcons how do you blow another double digit lead for the second time in a row, back to back weeks? What is going on? I mean, I'm 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 still happy that the Bears came back and won. I mean, thank God for Nick Foles, that's all I got to say. <laughs> um but yeah, man, like Dan Quinn, what 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 is going on with with getting your team to finish a game? I mean, you're up 16 points in the fourth quarter, or you, you know. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I, uh, I, I, I feel, I feel so bad for like Atlanta's fans because, you know, and this goes back to the Super Bowl, and they were up 28 to three. I mean, you would think by now that that, uh, you know, management and the head coaches there would be preaching. You know, finish strong. Finish the game. You know, play all four quarters. But oh boy, these last two weeks for them has has been a potato, to say the least.
1: No, it's definitely not been uh, not been great for Falcons fans. Um, so I guess last thing here, locks of the week from last week did three out of four. Uh, sorry, Devin. Um, Eric with the Steelers to win. I put the Seahawks. Mike with Titans and Devin. Lost with the Raiders. So, um, this week I'll start it off. Um, I will take the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, to take a seven point win, um, over the Jaguars.
2: Uh, I'll go next. Uh, so I am picking the 49ers, uh, over by five over the
4: Eagles.
3: Okay, I will go next. Um, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm gonna have to go Colts over the Bears by three. My original pick was to uh, choose the Steelers over the Titans, but with COVID going going on in in both of those teams, I, it's I got I had to switch to the the Colts and Bears, unfortunately. So. Hate to do it to my team, but it's just the way I see it this week. All right, Mike?
0: The uh, the potential for the Titans game against the Steelers and the Vikings uh, against the Texans, I believe, um, it's very possible that there's going to be a schedule change. Um, NFL came out and did say that they want to continue as is, um, but it could end up being where they move one or two games to maybe the Monday night slate we we'll a couple games up potentially. It's it's very much in the air right now. It's only Tuesday, so there is some flexibility with it. Um, but keep an eye out on that for your fantasy um players just in case you have to make a couple roster changes with uh those games potentially not even being played. Um my lock of the week is gonna be taking the Saints in a rebound by double digits over the Lions. I think in they are sick and tired of how their season's been starting. No one better than the Lions to serve as a punching bag for them. Um, and they're going to look to get back to, to 500 and get back in the uh, the race for the uh, NFC South. Give them um, a good old schmack. Exactly. <laughs> schmack. Um, parting word. Um, NBA playoffs. Uh, the finals are starting. Um lakers and heat probably not the finals matchup that we had expected to um see but that's what we got 2020 is full of surprises um so thoughts on who's gonna win and how much um i'll start it out and i'll say i think the lakers take it in six um i think lebron's gonna lead this team um i think the heat definitely keep it close they've been playing that underdog role the whole season um they have no reason to stop now and I think they're just gonna their shooting is just gonna run out, and their their talent just is not none up to the the level that the the Lakers are. So I think the Lakers are gonna take this one in six. Uh, Colton,
1: um, I'll take Lakers in five. I think the Lakers on a mission, um, especially for Kobe. Um, LeBron's gonna make that happen for him. Eric? Uh,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the Lakers in seven. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit more competitive than people think. I they'll find ways to create uh somewhat even matchups and it'll be a little bit closer. They'll they'll win games here. Devin.
3: I'm gonna have to go with Lakers and six as well. So that's all I got. All right, Mike.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's pretty self explanatory what we think's gonna happen. The Lakers are obviously the favorites with this and uh it's gonna be very surprising if uh you know If the Heat are able to get any bit of a a long, you know, a a two game lead in this series, because I don't think the Lakers are going to let that happen. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much it from us. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Please make sure to uh, give us a review if you so choose to. Um, You can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. So um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, the whole lot. Um, Yeah. Hope everybody has a good week and uh, thanks for tuning in.